We are supported by FNX Fit. FNX is a workout and supplement company that is committed to creating innovative supplements of the highest quality. FNX has high quality protein powders, creatine, and pre-workout supplements. FNX has also got amazing workout gear such as tees and tanks, an essential joggers line, and of course, shaker bottles. Not only is FNX Fit selling great products, but they have an even better message. FNX has launched their live program with every FNX order. They are donating a portion of each product bought and helping deliver clean drinking water in countries of need. Go to the special link in the description below and use our promo code DREWCODE15 to get 15% off your purchase when you use our link. And don't forget, we become greater when we rise together. Andrew Wright, and over in his kitchen is my co-host Cody Johnson. Cody, wait before I send it over to you, Cody. Sure. Isn't it sad that I can look at where what your background is, and I know exactly where you are in your house? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I've been at the same house for I think we're we're on year nine, I think almost at least eight for sure. So we've been here for a really long time, and it's not like you've never come over before, so you know exactly what the house looks like. I've never been over to your house. You're you're so lying right now. I've never been, dude. I don't know what you're. T- <laughs> you know, there's one person who's like, oh wow, that's kind of weird. I've been to his house plenty of times. Yeah, several times. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Cody, I'm going to send it over to you. <laughs> How's it going, Here's, man? <laughs> good, thanks, man. Here's why I know that you've been to my house is because I have legit videos on our YouTube channel of you in one of the rooms here, uh, and in the garage, by the way. Um, where ironically this whole shindig started six years ago today. So I think that's a pretty cool thing. So before we get started, guys, we're kind of diving all over the place, but before we get started, please go subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel. Also uh, subscribe podcast said that follow us on social media, (laughs) all of it's linked down below and drew will talk about it at the very end as well. Uh, Without further ado, drew, man, what is going on? How are you doing? Oh, doing well. You know, like I was telling you a little bit ago, um, you know, we got some good news. My wife and I have been trying to get a house for a long time. I would say we're getting close to six months and um, we finally got the news that we got the house. So, yeah, man, congratulations. Uh, really, really excited and thank you. And, um, you know, really excited and we definitely are ready to paint the house and you know get all get all new yeah i know my wife is like oh let's get a fridge and which we do need a fridge i mean it's not like that's unnecessary stuff but you know she's like oh we need a rug because it'll match with what the color scheme we're gonna have and yeah oh you know we need to get your son uh, a dresser you know but he's gonna have this type of a room so it needs to be and i'm like oh my god (laughs) just just buy something i don't care anymore so uh but no in all seriousness we're really excited and uh obviously my wife is super excited and it's gonna be it's gonna be nice uh to have our own place but also it is gonna be a little sad because we did have we do have a lot of help here it's not like we're moving that far from our help but um you know we had all of our help here so it was nice to sometimes just like 
on a whim, my wife mm-hmm. and I'd be like, Hey, can you watch the kids? We're going to just go to the movies, <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> yeah. uh, but we're not going to move in anytime soon because we do have a lot of work to do, mm-hmm. uh, on the house still. But, um, you know, good news is, is we're going to start doing some work on the house, which is what we were hoping to try and do as fast as possible. So good news. Yeah. How are you doing, man? Doing pretty good, man. Um, I think we're all just getting over whatever has been floating around the house. I have a little bit of a phlegm that I've been coughing up. And before we got record, before we started recording, I was just hacking over here. And, uh, but so far doing pretty well. Um, I was actually going to bring this up actually regarding your house, but I think you just got yourself a new mantelpiece. Uh, you texted me yesterday. You got something pretty special in the mail. You want to tell the listeners what you got? Yes. Well, I know if you're listening, you're not going to be able to see this, but I won a contest on Super Bowl. And if you're or if you can see on YouTube, I, I mean, I don't know if we're going to even post this video, but anyway, you can see my helmet. Um, got a legit helmet from Woodson Whiskey Bourbon or Woodson Bourbon Whiskey, and um, it's owned by Charles Woodson. And uh, they were having a contest during Super Bowl week. Where you had to comment, like, and you obviously have to be following them. Mm-hmm. So I commented and liked the post, and then obviously I was following them. So um, they picked me at random, which uh-huh. was really cool. So they said, "Hey, we're gonna send you, gonna send you a gift." And so they sent me a card uh, that was basically, "Hey, thanks for the support. We appreciate it. Hope you enjoy the gift." And I do. It's it's a legit helmet. Like mm-hmm. I thought it was. I was kind of half expecting it to be like a child's helmet, you know, and then <laughs> yeah. I was just like, whatever, but it's still cool. But they did say there was going to be signed by Charles Woodson and it is, uh, it is signed by Charles Woodson. So that is what's really cool because Charles Woodson does hold something dear into my yeah. heart. Cause of course you and I are Raider fans, mm-hmm. but, um, the first Raider game I ever went to was, um, Charles Woodson's last year in Oakland. And, um, they were, we went, I wanted to see Charles Woodson, but I also wanted to see, um, Peyton Manning play the Raiders. So, uh, we went to a Broncos Raiders game and it was Peyton Manning's last year as well. And, um, Peyton Manning, um, the only person or Charles Woodson had picked off every quarterback in the league at that point, except for Peyton Manning. And what did Charles Woodson do? We got to see Charles Woodson pick off Peyton Manning, not once, but twice mm-hmm. in that game, uh, which was really, really cool. And it was a fun, it was a fun time. It was my wife and I, and, uh, one of our friends who wanted to go as well. And that was really fun. We had a good time. And so I'll always remember that. So getting a signature by Charles Woodson is, is really cool. So I want to shout out Charles Woodson. First of all, thank you again for the gift. Loved it. Um, Super happy that I was picked. I just did it just to see. I wasn't even really thinking I was going to win. So I just kind of like did it and forgot about it. And then all of a sudden I got a, uh email about, hey, we picked you. You won. Yeah. And I was like, oh, <laughs> crap. All right. Um, but also a huge shout out to uh, Woodson uh, Bourbon Whiskey, which um, I was looking to buy like four different kinds but it was going to be over like 100 bucks so i had to kind of dial it back a little bit but i do appreciate them uh you know gifting me that that was really cool so yeah well congrats man i know you sent that to me and i know you had texted me about it uh i think it was last week or some time ago before you got it and it finally came in and yeah it looks as glorious as uh as it 
is in person for, for those that haven't seen it. Uh, actually it's also on our Instagram story. I post, I shared your story yeah. um, mm-hmm. yesterday. So if you guys want to see it, go check it out there. But yeah. anyways, Drew, let's hop into the show. Um, first off, I want to say thank you again for getting me addicted to drive to survive. I binged watch <laughs> all of it uh, up until I think it was like Saturday. So last episode of season five, I think I finished on Friday night. So I was ready to go. Uh, I was checking notes regarding qualifying and lap times and all that stuff. You had sent me two podcasts that you recommended to help get me up to speed. I listened to those and I was ready to go. And then we had the bright idea of starting a fantasy league in formula one, (laughs) not only what formula one had available, but we thought it'd be a great idea to do our own. And that's exactly what we did. Basically as I think it was, before the race started. So the night before we were texting each other, what our draft picks were, which is really funny. I thought it was super entertaining and uh, it was very interesting. And I think Jessica came in uh, the same or Sunday. And yeah. so now it's a, it's a three team league with us. And, uh, and I'll let you explain like the rules and the point breakdown, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I couldn't be any further into Formula One right now than I have been <laughs> in previous years. And like, w- we don't just like kind of dip our toe in Formula One. We're like in the deep end, weighted vest on and everything swimming right now. So that's what, it, that's what we're at right now. We're at like an 11 right now in Formula One. So yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, you know, um, I have been into Formula One, I think I said like three or four years now. Um, and just been, you know, watching it and really getting into it. Um, and I had always been kind of curious, like, oh, that would be kind of fun to have like a little fantasy league. And, um, I, I looked at it last year on the formula one app. Um, and they do have like a fantasy thing, but you score a ton of points. It's kind of hard to follow. Mm -hmm. Um, not, I mean, I don't want to say that it's hard to follow. Like that sounds like, oh, it's like you got to do all kinds of this math and blah, blah, blah. No, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's like a basic fantasy, but what I don't like about it is you pick new drivers, you pick new, um, um, uh, why can't I think of the word, uh, constructors, yeah. um, Principal each and every no. week. Yeah. And so Cody, you and I, we like, um, we enjoy challenges. You know, we don't we don't shy away from a from a fantasy challenge. So uh, you and I, we were kind of talking about it. And I was like, I kind of wish there was one where, you know, you pick a driver couple like you pick two drivers. You pick a, a team principal and a constructor um, and we just stick with it all year and maybe get like three different roster changes, um, you know, to drop, you know, either uh constructor or driver or team principal so we kind of went with that and um i was like you know what i think i can do this i think i can do this mm-hmm. myself it'll be fun i thought it was just going to be you and me which is funny that my wife wanted to do it because i asked her and she was like i don't want to do that that doesn't <laughs> i don't want to do that and i was like all right whatever and then she was like oh i didn't know you guys were talking about that and i was like oh my god yes <laughs> i was like yes that's why i was asking if you wanted to do it we're going to do it all year just kind of like for fun and she was like oh yeah i definitely want to do that so she ended up picking uh, and i was like you're going to have to pick up the scraps cuz we kind of already have points and stuff she's like that's fine i don't care mm-hmm. so um she got whatever we had left which still wasn't bad i mean i mean hell there was still a lot of drivers a lot of <laughs> you know, all of, that stuff. So, yeah. 
So anyway, so she got all that, and um, <clears throat> which was really cool. So you and I were drafting, and then I was like, I was so you had got Max Verstappen, and then mm-hmm. I went with Charles Leclerc, and then I got Red Bull, and I was like, well, then he probably will just get Sergio Perez. Mm-hmm. And all he'll do is get the same amount of points that I'm going to get from Red Bull. And he's going to get the same from his drivers. And then he's going to get Ferrari because why wouldn't I get Carlos Sainz after that? Mm-hmm. And I just get all the points that Ferrari is going to get. And then he gets the same thing. So I was like, this is going to be kind of an issue. Yeah. So I remember you and I, we were texting and I was like, hey, what if we, um, we can't draft uh, guys on the same team? can't draft if we already have like a max verstappen that means we can't get like red bull right um or christian horner so we were like that way it makes it a little more interesting kind of have to deep dive a little bit so you were like yeah that actually makes sense so we went and did that so you got max verstappen i got charles leclerc and then i got red bull you got lewis hamilton and then you got ferrari i got mm-hmm. george and we did a snake draft uh i got george russell and then um uh, you got, or I got McCrack, the uh, team principal of Aston Martin, and then you got Otmar. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, so I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> and he's the Alpine uh, team principal. So pretty solid, um, and we felt really good about it. Now, I'll go over the point system in a little bit. But then my wife ended up coming in late, and she was like, okay, I'm going to get she basically got the number two drivers for everyone that we got. She got Sergio Perez, Carlos Sainz, and then she was like, I'm going to grab Mercedes and Gunther Steiner because she loves yeah. Gunther Steiner. So um, that was really cool. And so we have a total of two drivers, one constructor team, and then one prin- team principal. Basic, excuse me. Um, so the scoring is if you get first place, it's regular formula one scoring i'm not going to go all through it all but you know first place gets 25 points second place 18 third 15 and so on and so forth then they have these sprint races so i added points for those it's exactly what you would get if you're in formula one so i kept it like that you get an additional point for the fastest lap on the race and then the team principal i was kind of debating on what we were going to do points wise but i ended up saying okay we're going to do a few points for team principles. So you only get 10 points if you get a pole position mm-hmm. or first place. And then just goes down all the way until 10, which is a one. And then everything else is a zero. But you get points not only for qualifying, but also for the end of the race. So your team principal can really get you a lot of points if you, um, if you pick the right one. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how our scoring is. Um, if you're not familiar with formula one scoring, you can just look at how many points you get for first place, second place, third, so on and so forth. And that's kind of what we're doing. So we were really excited about this. I was a little nervous because I had Charles Leclerc. Yeah. He DNF'd (laughs) and I was so frustrated. I was so sad to see that. Um, but I had Red Bull, which really helped because they went one, two, so that gave me big points there. And then Mike Crack, the Aston Martin um, yeah. team principal, had Lance Stroll in the top 10 and then had Fernando Alonso get a podium in third. Mm-hmm. So that was huge. And then I had George Russell, who gave me a, a few points as well. So I really, I really did well. And it was funny because I actually had a lot of good points from um, 
from qualifier as well mm-hmm. from my um, team principal. So I was already had a nine point head start. Um, and um, so that was really cool. I was like, oh man, this I'm, I was already excited and got that. <laughs> so I ended up with 81 points. Uh, Cody, you are in second place with 49. Obviously, Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, Ferrari gave you points, mm-hmm. but Ferrari only had one driver, which that's kind of what hurt you on that one. And then Otmar um, only Alpine had looked bad. Yeah, yeah. Alpine didn't do great. I mean, Esteban Ocon had one of the worst outings. It was, <laughs> ever it was bad. And then um, my wife ended up with 47 points, so she's right on your tail. Mm-hmm. Sergio Perez coming in second. Carlos Sainz getting fourth. Uh, Mercedes having. Um, five and and seven, and then Gunther Steiner. Obviously, Haas had a really bad uh, bad week as well. So that's kind of what happened, and so that's how we're doing points. So we're gonna update you every week because we're really into it. Um, unfortunately, uh, Formula One doesn't have a race until next weekend, not this weekend. So uh, we have a couple of weeks that we have to wait for, unfortunately. But it'll be really fun throughout the year. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. So we'll have probably have more in-depth talk uh, next week about the race coming up. But this week, we're just going to kind of look back on, on uh, what happened in Bahrain. So, Cody, that's where we're going to start. Man. So highs and lows of Bahrain in uh, Bahrain 2023. This was a huge anticipated race. It seemed like the playing field was a little bit more leveled. It doesn't, I mean, mm-hmm. we saw Red Bull kind of absolutely kind of dominate the weekend when it came to practices and even the qualifier. Um, and so we were under the impression that, you know, listen, because of now they basically have a salary cap for everyone, um, it was going to be a little more even, you mm-hmm. know, and especially with Red Bull. Um, getting in trouble for uh for going over the cap last year i thought even better it might actually ruin their car it hasn't red bull had a phenomenal weekend yeah. this weekend they absolutely dominated um and cody i'm going to ask you first will this trend continue for the whole year for red bull um, I don't think for the whole year. And the reason why I say that is because um, even though Charles Leclerc didn't finish the race, him and Carlos Sainz held really good position all race. I mean, I think respectively, they were basically in third and fourth place for a majority of the race. Uh, Charles Leclerc just had uh, really bad luck. I think his engine just went out or a gearbox went out. So that's so why he wasn't able to finish the race. Carlos Sainz though, still held fifth position, uh, fourth position, excuse me. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, Fernando Orlando, which is probably the, the biggest story amongst the race outside of yeah. uh, how fast Red Bull looked is he got podium, which was great. Um, you know, he kind of, uh, ex- he, he went obviously into third, uh, following i think the last few laps but that was because carlos signs was running on old tires fernando uh, uh fernando alonso had a little bit fresher tires he had more of the uh, the speed going into the the last stretch of it to get into third position but i think ferrari um will bounce back i just don't think that with the improvements that they made from last season that they're not going to carry that momentum yeah we can look at one car not finishing but i i still think that they're going to figure that out come back not next week but the following week and have a really good uh, outing i do also want to give a huge shout out to uh aston martin 
uh, specifically Lance Stroll, who finished in uh, P6, which was impressive, uh, considering mm-hmm. like a couple of weeks ago he had fractured his wrist. Uh, I think he broke his toe. He had a bunch yeah. of injuries from a from a bicycle accident, and they weren't even sure if he was going to race. Not only did he yeah. race, but he got P6 and. A huge part of why, uh, you know, Aston Martin is, I think, hovering around the third position right now or even uh, second, just because obviously Alonzo, like I mentioned, podiumed uh, and then, you know, Stroll getting P6 was huge. And that's even leaps and bounds ahead of where this former, you know, race team was just a few years ago. So that was really impressive, in my opinion. I think um, I think Mercedes is I would be more worried about than I would say Ferrari, let's say. But I mean, it's week one. I, there's another race, like you said, in a couple of weeks. So we'll see <laughs> what teams can do to uh, address their issues and see if anyone can catch up to Red Bull. Because right now, Red Bull's still outrunning everybody. I mean, Max Verstappen had something like a forty, a thirty-four second lead uh, from the nearest Mercedes uh, car. So. Red Bulls. Oh shoot. Excuse me. 50 seconds. So Red Bulls (laughs) outrageously fast, uh, you know, this season and, uh, it didn't look so much in qualifying and in practice. That doesn't matter. It was all about race day and they for sure (laughs) were blazing ahead of everybody. Yeah. I I do think that this is going to continue. And and I have been on this since we had talked about it last week, which is Red Bull looks dominant. This car is still running really well. Um, you know, it, it, I mean, they went one, two, Max Verstappen and then Sergio Perez and Max Verstappen beat Perez by almost 12 seconds. Like, yeah, insane. Like that is insane that you're literally driving the same car. Yet one guy was 12 seconds ahead. Now it, you mm-hmm. could uh, accumulate to maybe some of the pit stops here and there. Okay fine but for argument's sake like max verstappen i mean they didn't even show verstappen the half half of the race mm-hmm. because he was so far ahead it was like no one's going to catch him so mm-hmm. let's figure out what else is going to happen um which i think was the right move because otherwise it would have just been super boring and the move that fernando alonso had to make on lewis hamilton to get past him uh and, and to get in fourth at that point was an incredible pass. I mean, yeah. great racing from both drivers. That was probably the highlight of the race. That that battle between them. Because at first he tried to make a move and Hamilton made an excellent move to kind of block him off. And then he kind of let like Fernando Alonso pass him a bit. And then he just like took it over, which was like, oh man. And I texted you, I was like, that was a fantastic move. Mm-hmm. And then literally like 10 seconds after I sent you that. Fernando Alonso had to make this incredible move to get past Lewis Hamilton. It was it was spectacular racing. It was great. I loved watching it. But I mean, there was I mean nothing to say about Red Bull other than they were just that much better than everyone else. Yeah. Um, Fernando Alonso was 38 seconds behind Max Verstappen. So he was what 27, uh, I guess 26 seconds behind Sergio Perez. I mm-hmm. mean, insane. <laughs> I mean, it was just, it was such a dominant performance by Red Bull. Now, listen, they're probably going to have some races where they either have to DNF or mm-hmm. maybe the car isn't um, as fast as what it's looking like. You know, maybe Mercedes can. Um, 
get their upgrades. Aston Martin looked really fast, so maybe they could um, have some races where they just overtake Red Bull. So there's a lot of things. And like you said, to your credit, Charles Leclerc, if it wasn't for a DNF, it was if it wasn't for an engine failure that he had, um, he would have been second. He mm-hmm. was he was easily in second. Again, he was not going to easily be in first, but he was going to be in second place, and it was so devastating to watch. So I think Red Bull, we're going to see them, um, we're going to see them be dominant. But I do see that there's going to be some races where. We're going to look and be like, ooh, is this going to be the potential downfall of Red Bull? You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure there'll be that, but I, I I believe that Red Bull is going to be dominant throughout the year. So mm-hmm. I think Red Bull has this in the bag. I think the more interesting uh, races is going to be for number two and possibly for number three. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes. So we kind of already alluded to it, Cody. Ferrari ends in disaster. And I say disaster because Carlos Sainz had a chance of podium. Mm-hmm. But because they went with a, a pit stop a little bit earlier, they wanted to leave him out there later because otherwise he definitely wouldn't have gotten any points. So they had to leave him out there. Um, and he got passed by Fernando Alonso fairly easily. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Hamilton was going to catch up to signs, but I don't know what was going on with Mercedes. And we'll talk about that in a second. But I mean, Leclerc, he he just goes out he, like he like we said he definitely was going to podium. Carlos Sainz looked like he had a potential um, podium and then all of a sudden lost it. So this was a disaster for Ferrari in terms mm-hmm. of the first race. Everyone has expectations that Ferrari could at least be second, um, but now it's almost looking like if this keeps happening. Charles, they could lose Charles Leclerc next year and mm-hmm. not have him as a Ferrari driver anymore. So was this a fluke or do you think that Ferrari is going to end up figuring this out? I think um, Ferrari will figure this out. And the reason why I say that is because like you said, Charles Leclerc is basically in second place, majority of the race. I think the reason why Carlos Sainz pitted so early is because they did have Leclerc that they were anticipating was going to finish the race. I think that's what the game plan was. Because I think Charles Leclerc, his engine went out, I think, right around like lap 40 something, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Like he had raced a good, you know, two thirds of the, of the race before his engine failed. It wasn't like it went out at lap 10 or anything like that. Oh, no. Yeah. And I think that's like what, 12 laps left. Yeah. And I think, and I think that played sad. a huge factor in, you know, like what you mentioned, Carlos Sainz uh, pitted really early while Leclerc was on the track when that happened. So I don't think they were anticipating that, you know, Sainz was going to have to protect the podium because they were anticipating like at least one Ferrari driver will get on podium. We'll still get points. We'll go from there. But as soon as that news happened and it came to be Sainz had to just start pushing for position, Fernando Alonso just made a really good pole position as soon as Leclerc went out. So there's nothing that Sainz could have done considering, you know, the position that they were in prior to Leclerc. Leclerc's uh, going out. I do think that the Ferrari though will be okay. It is a long season. Um, I would say in like the third race, fourth race, if there's still mechanical issues, if they're not get you know, jockeying for podium or at least P four, I would be a little bit more concerned because they're not going to be able to sustain trying to jockey to Red Bull or even Mercedes. And I would even argue uh, uh, Aston Martin at this point, if they don't podium, 
get in top four position. They, they're, they can't afford to have cars, you know, not able to finish that every point's going to have to count if they want to be anywhere relevant to, you know, competing like I mentioned against Red Bull, maybe even getting the second position or even third in the constructors, which I think would be a huge win to them. Although it'd be a fallback considering that they finished second last season. So we'll see. I, I just don't think that this is going to continue. I think they will figure it out. It's just, if things are kind of amplified right now because they, they uh, qualified really well. And then they only had one car finish, not even in the top three. And I think just, just wait, we'll see what they do and they come back and then we'll, we'll review like, you know, if they've gotten better, if they've gotten worse, because if they can't make up 48 seconds on Red Bull, then that'll let you know, like, it's just not there because that was the distance between Carlos Sainz and Max Verstappen. So that yeah. would be my take on that. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I think Ferrari is going to be fine. Um, listen, their car looked good. I mean, it's not like Leclerc was racing, having a bad race. It's not like Carlos Sainz was having a bad race. It just was unfortunate because when Leclerc went out, then they had to keep Sainz out there to get points because that's what you need at that point is we need some sort of points. Even if it's just one, we can't go with zero because we can't have two drivers that end up with zero. So they had to leave signs out there. I'm sure they wanted to pit him. I think they were going to go for a uh, two or three pit um, uh, plan. But once Leclerc went out, they had to keep signs out there. And that's why he eventually said on the radio, Hey, if I, if I try and block him off, which I can, this car may not last. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you got to pick one or the other, right. you know? So they ended up saying, yeah, I just let him go. And they let him go. And Hey, listen, he got fourth. So we're talking about Carlos signs, like, or Ferrari, like it was a disastrous day. I mean, it was disastrous in the fact that we thought they were at least going to get one podium. Unfortunately, right. it didn't work out, but I, I tend to agree with you. I think Ferrari will be fine. Um, Charles Leclerc is one of the, best drivers in this grid right now. And so I have no doubt that he's going to be up there. I just hope that Ferrari can get it together and we're not going to have many more of these because last year it was so depressing to watch Ferrari constantly just struggle to get something in a race. Like it just, it was so, it was so disheartening because Charles Leclerc should have had a, a driver's championship or at least really be pushing for second place. And unfortunately yeah. Verstappen was just running away with it because the only competition that he had was, and was Charles Leclerc, but Leclerc was his competition was the freaking Ferrari car. Yeah. So, um, you know, hopefully Ferrari can get it, uh, situated and, and it'll be better off. So another, uh, another disappointing, um, outing uh for a constructor team was mercedes they had their own struggles Mm -hmm. they ended up you know lewis hamilton in fifth and george russell in seventh so not god awful but um not where they want to be as they've said on all over social media (laughs) this week um can they fix their issues in your opinion um See, this one I'm a little bit more hesitant about because Mercedes has had a, a further drop off considering, you know, all of their success that they just had in recent years. Now that Red Bull has finally caught up 
they've seemed to have fallen off last season. They finished in third, not even in second place. Ferrari leaped them in that they had a lot of mechanical issues with their car. And I don't know if they've really addressed those issues because you can hear Lewis Hamilton addressing that the car still feels a little bit bouncy. They tried addressing it before the race, but Mercedes just doesn't look nearly as quick as Red Bull. And in my opinion, Mercedes isn't the type of team that is trying to shoot for, uh, you know, mid team rankings, if that makes any sense. Like I can, I can understand if Aston Martin, you know, uh, Alpine or Williams, let's say is trying to, you know, get fourth as like a successful season. That's not Mercedes. Mercedes is championships or nothing. And I think what I'm concerned with is there doesn't look to see, there doesn't look like there's a sense of major improvement to make their cars look fierce like there was before. They seem to be um they seem to be just in the middle of the pack. And I don't know if that's an engineering thing. I don't know if that's Toto's, you know, again from the show that I remember watching is Toto is basically given a well-oiled machine and he's never really had to face adversity according to what that season had said. So this yeah. is really like the last two seasons has been a test on how he can <laughs> lead Mercedes out of their slump. I just don't know if they're going to be able to do it only because it's still continuing. Ferrari has essentially improved. Yes. They again had one, uh, you know, one car that didn't uh, finish a race, but there's, you can still see that they have either improved or gotten better. I don't think we can say the same for Mercedes. And yes, they had a fifth and a seventh uh, placing for both their drivers. But to me, I would anticipate and I would expect Mercedes to fight for podiums, not fifth place, in my opinion. And especially Lewis Hamilton, who is, you know, multi-time champion, uh, all these podiums. I'm sure he's got to be frustrated that he's not in a faster car. Um, So I hope that they turn it around because, again, I kind of predicted that they'd be one of the teams that would turn it around and, and again, win the constructors or at least contend for a constructors cup. Right now, they don't look like they're even close to competing with Red Bull, much less Ferrari. So um, Mm -hmm. we'll see. I mean, next race is going to be really telling if they still have the same issues. It's probably going to be the same as it was last season. So, you know, I'm I'd like to be optimistic for Mercedes, but Mercedes usually doesn't try to settle for fifth place. They're usually trying to fight podiums and they did not look as competitive as I was hoping to on Sunday. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was disheartening. I mean, it, it was weird because like George Russell actually was having a good first half of the race. He then pitted and then Lewis Hamilton pitted. And then all of a sudden it looked like Lewis Hamilton was actually having a, a lot better of a race and George Russell was starting to fall back. So that was also discouraging because it was like, okay, so what's going on? Like, obviously this car is, is not up to Mercedes standards as, as you had pointed out. Um, and, and I, I fully believe that. I feel like Mercedes should be a lot better. And the other thing is that was not that made this past week not a great look was that Fernando Alonso gets third and Aston Martin is using Mercedes parts and mm-hmm. engine. So that's kind of an issue. That's a bad look if you're Mercedes because how is Aston Martin outperforming you 
in the same freaking engine that you have, or supposedly you might be using the better one mm-hmm. and you and you're not performing. So um there there is a concern. I don't think it's necessarily that Total Wolf doesn't know how to get this back on track. Um I, I would disagree with the statement. Uh and I know I know what you're talking about and that was Christian Horner who said that. Listen, I, I, I do feel like Total Wolf is is really good at what he does, and I do think he will eventually get it. He finally admitted, though, I think he was just in denial that this car, like he doesn't he doesn't know how Mercedes fans are going to respond. Where you could actually make the argument that if you are Mercedes, you actually could just be like, "Listen, it's not going to be there our year this year." You have every right to say that because you've given them eight straight championships. So you know you can just be like, "Okay, well." Uh, you know, this year is probably we're trying to figure things out. So this year is not going to go great, but next year we're going to get it right. And, you know, that's what they should have done last year. But, you know, they were trying to still compete and it didn't seem like it was still going all that well. Um, if it wasn't for Ferrari having so many issues, Mercedes would have been easily third place, but they were actually fighting for a second place. So I'm hoping that Mercedes will get it together. It sounds like they're starting to get things kind of figure out but at least total wolf i will give him credit he had even admitted this is not the car that we this car is not going to get us where we need it to um we we're going to need to get uh, a lot of upgrades and hopefully and it sounds like they're supposed to be getting them uh later in the year so hopefully maybe later on they're they're going to start looking good and hopefully end the year but apparently the start of this year is not going to go great for mercedes so Looks like we're going to be seeing a few more. Um, so I did want to bring this up as well. Um, I want to switch on you a little bit because on the notes, there's a one before it. But mm-hmm. impressive, impressive Aston Martin performance. Um, obviously, we've been talking about it at kind of length here. Fernando Alonso gets third. Um, as you had pointed out, Lance Stroll getting sixth, even though he was just completely beat up. Mm-hmm. Um, he slicked a couple of times in the, um, in the race and actually ran into, um, actually ran into, um, his own teammate, Fernando Alonso. And mm-hmm. by the grace of God, he did not pop <laughs> Fernando Alonso's yeah. tire because he ran right into it. I don't know how it didn't, how it didn't mess anything up, but that was, I thought, Alon- we were going to have a Fernando Alonso like outburst. Like mm-hmm. I thought he was just going to be like through the moon upset, but uh, it worked out and that car looked really fast, man. Mm-hmm. So very impressive. Do you think this is going to continue for Aston Martin? Um, I think, yeah, I think, uh, I think Aston Martin is going to surprise a lot of people and be really competitive in the constructor series. I would not be surprised if they finished third, to be honest with you. They looked really good. I really do think that having Fernando Alonso, at least in one of their cars, puts them in a really good position to to at least get a good amount of points on each outing. I mean, now, I mean, in the first racy podium, now it's like at any point he can get there. I do think that Lance Stroll has improved a lot this season, considering that, um, you know, he... uh, I have always considered him as kind of like the silver spoon driver and not really skillful. And I was completely wrong in this, in this race. I mean, he did really well considering that he was still recovering from some, you know, pretty, uh, 
some pretty invasive surgeries as what was reported a couple of weeks ago. I do think that Aston Martin could surprise a lot of people. Again, I, I would not be surprised if they finished the season in third place in the constructors and maybe even have, you know, Alonzo or even uh, stroll somewhere sniffing around, like, you know, in the top five of the uh, points amongst drivers, in my opinion. So I think Aston Martin is here for real, man. I, I think they're the real deal this season. I think they're for real. Um, I think they're going to have their struggles still because Fernando Alonso and Lance Stroll, even though, yes, he did slip and, you know, a few times in that race, there's a lot of times where he actually does that when he's not hurt like that. So um, I do kind of anticipate that there are going to be some struggle races. I think you're correct. I think they are going to be fighting for a third place spot. I don't think they're ready for a second place spot yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, you know, we might see a couple more podiums by either Alonzo or maybe Stroll for the first time because he's never podiumed. So that'll be that would be interesting to kind of uh, kind of see as well. But um, you know, I, I think it's Red Bull one. I would still put Ferrari there. I do still believe in them. And then uh, either uh, Aston Martin or Mercedes would be three. So, um, but we'll see. I mean, of course, you never know what could happen. Um, could be a colossal fail. Could be. An, an absolute win. So who knows? Maybe they're maybe they are second place. Yeah. So let's go a little bit negative in Formula One, and then we'll talk about the other sports. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had a McLaren horrific weekend. I mean, oh gosh, the yeah. worst weekend I've seen McLaren have in a good long while. Um, this was concerning. Uh, Oscar Piastri, his very first Formula One race, never driven a Formula One car goes out real quickly in a DNF, something wrong with the computer. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then Lando Norris was having a lot of trouble. He ended up 17th place. And I he mean, was lapped twice. Yeah, so Oscar Piastri, I mean, the DNF was a little concerning. We were kind of looking at it going, okay, well, you know, it was lap 13, so it was early, early. Um, and we were like, okay, well, you know, there, there's always those issues. But then Lando Norris was also having issues. So both cars were having a problem, which really is very concerning because that means it's not just one car that kind of had this fluke. It was both mm-hmm. cars, which is really concerning to me. So what did you what did you take away from McLaren? And do you think this is going to be a continuing theme for them? Um. You know, I'd like to think that I like Lando Norris. I think when he's in a good car, he's a pretty, he's a, he's a really good driver. He had a lot of early success uh, last season. I used to think McLaren had a good car. I don't know now. I mean, they had two really bad cars on the track. Norris somehow finished in, in one of them. Granted it was last place, but he got (laughs) it over the, over the line. Um, I don't think this is very encouraging for McLaren. I feel like this is a a pretty big step back considering that it looked like last season, they might be, you know, a team that might surprise you in the midfield. They're not now. I mean, I, I feel like Williams is better than them. I feel like even though Haas didn't finish that much higher, I feel like that their cars are probably better. I mean, both their cars finished. In fact, Um, Lando Norris had a pit several times during this race. It was really odd. He had a pit at least six, seven times. So that was really concerning considering it just in perspective, the top five drivers 
pitted between two to three times. So he was more than double that and could not improve following that. So, you know, I think McLaren has a lot to work on in terms of their car. Um, I don't know if it's mechanic. I don't know if it's electrical. Um, I would also like to think too, that, uh, this is kind of karma for how they treated, uh, Daniel Ricardo last season. I mean, uh, you know, Oscar basically qualified the exact same position as, uh, Daniel Ricardo did last season in their same car, but, it, but Ricardo actually finished the race. And I, I just, I just think that, uh, McLaren has a lot to work on and, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's going to get any better, but who knows? We'll see. I mean, again, first race of the season, as I've been saying, it could change and, uh, you know, maybe they could surprise us, but I don't know. They didn't look very good on the first, on the first race of the season. So, um, I do think though, that, uh, that some shining light too, that I'll bring up real quick is Alpine's driver, Pierre Gasly started at 20th, ended at P 11, huge. That was like the biggest climb that he's probably had. I, I really like Pierre Gasly. I know you and I have talked about him off and on regarding the show. He's probably like a, a sleeper driver that we both like. Um, I think he had a really great showing. Um, so yeah. What do you think about McLaren? It's really concerning. It really is. Um, listen, Oscar Piastri is supposed to be the second coming and it wasn't great. You know, now I don't blame Oscar Piastri in this because it really wasn't his fault. There's nothing he could have done. So, I mean, I'm not putting it on him, but it does. It makes me feel better because I am a huge Daniel Ricardo fan. I love Daniel Ricardo. I didn't think he was just all of a sudden washed. Mm-hmm. And this kind of almost validated. Now, there's a whole year, so it was just race one. So maybe McLaren gets it fixed. But really, I don't think it's the driver's fault. This is this is a McLaren issue, and I think they're going to continue to have these issues um, you know, until they start fixing something. And unfor- unfortunately... I don't know what it's going to be or what it's going to take to fix, but again, they could turn it around. You never know. Um, But I think Lando Norris is getting frustrated with McLaren because he's seen Carlos Sainz be his teammate and quickly leave for Ferrari, which listen, Ferrari is the right place to go to because that is an all time great, uh, um, you know, constructor. So you, of course you're going to want to go there. But at the same time, um, you know, he's seen Carlos Sainz leave. And then he had Daniel Ricciardo for for a couple of years, and now he goes. And it's kind of like, okay, still nothing is fixed. I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously, my teammates are having trouble, and now I'm having a lot of trouble. Last year, he wasn't great. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it was because of him. I think it was because of his car. And so if I am uh, McLaren, I'm like, okay. Or I'm sorry, if I'm Lando Norris, I'm like, listen, I if this doesn't get fixed, I'm gone. Like, uh, there's going to be other teams that are going to want a young driver, a talented driver like myself, and mm-hmm. and if I can't get it done here at McLaren, I'm going to go do it somewhere else. Like Williams looks w- by far more superior than McLaren, yeah. and to say that last year would have been laughable, mm-hmm. and now it's like it's almost realistic that. McLaren is almost worse off than Williams and Williams hasn't been winning in over a decade. Mm -hmm. So we'll see, but uh, it was very concerning that both drivers 
had issues, not just, you know, the rookie. Where do you think Lando Norris would jump ship to? If because I agree, I think I think he's probably not gonna stick with McLaren after this season. I think it would have to be completely turned around for him to stick around. So I, I just kind of think that he's gonna be just going somewhere else. Is there like a team you think that he would be really good on? I'm gonna throw a curveball and I'm gonna kind of this might surprise people, but I think if Ferrari continues to have the issues that they have, I think Charles Leclerc is gone. And I think Lando Norris would take over because Lando Norris and Carlos Sainz have had uh, or have been teammates in the past and they were they're really good friends still. So I think that would be a really good combination for Ferrari. Um, And you could say, hey, Lando, you know, (laughs) whether we're good or bad, you're going to be one popular dude. But I think Ferrari obviously right now is way better off. Um, It's just if Leclerc doesn't have the greatest of years. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what it's going to depend on. If, if they're good, if they're good to go and, um, you know, nothing really is, is an issue. I could see him going to Alpine, taking maybe Esteban Ocon's mm-hmm. spot. I could see him possibly going to Haas. If Haas can actually fork up the money to pay Lando Norris, that would be interesting. Um, but I, I honestly, I think, I think Ferrari is is kind of a realistic spot if uh, if Ferrari has some issues with with Charles Leclerc. I think um, one team maybe that could be a, a dark horse would be uh, Aston Martin if Fernando Alonso retires after this season because I don't know if yeah, he's going to continue driving, but Aston Martin could be a good one uh, just because Lance Stroll he's not necessarily a rookie anymore, but he's young. You pair him with Norris, I think, who's a little bit better of a driver. That could be a pretty good young pairing. Um, I just don't know. I just, I think if Charles, Le- if uh, if Leclerc leaves, it's just what team would he choose? Because I think anything less than uh, a caliber of Ferrari is like a downgrade, in my opinion. You're basically just going there for the money and not really to win. Yeah. Um, you know, unless Red Bull's going to get rid of Sergio Perez and Leclerc gets in there. But I think. Verstappen and Leclerc would butt heads. I don't think that would work out as teammates per se. So I think it's going to be very interesting. I I like your take on Ferrari. I'd like to think that they're going to try to extend him for as long as they can. Um, Cause he's, he's, a, he's like probably the best driver that they've had in a while. Yeah. But um, you know, you're in this type of market. This is the one thing that I think uh, appeals to me is the fact that at any moment, like these guys could be changing cars, like within a matter of days and it's going to be public knowledge within like the first few weeks of the season. And it's complete anarchy and I love it. So, <laughs> yep, it'll be fun. So it'll be interesting to see, but uh, yeah, there's, there are some, there are some issues uh, brewing in uh, formula one. Hey everybody, it's Cody with Drew Code Sports Talk. We want to give a special shout out to SeatGeek for sponsoring our podcast. SeatGeek is a ticketing app that takes the confusion out of buying tickets. SeatGeek is known for using a 0 to 10 scale when you're purchasing tickets to let you know if you're getting a good deal or a bad deal. And it lets you know right at the time of purchase. And right now they're giving our listeners $20 off when you use our promo code DREWCODE at the time of checkout. So go to the link in the description or download the app. Don't forget to use our promo code DREWCODE to get $20 off your first order. And we hope to see you at the next game
What's going on, everybody? This is Cody with Drew Code Sports Talk. We are proud to announce that Drew Code is a proud member of the Fanatics affiliate program. If you don't know what Fanatics is, Fanatics is a one-of-a-kind, unique sports apparel website that sells officially licensed NFL, NBA, MLB, college sports, and WWE gear. Fanatics is where all your favorite leagues and teams are available to buy. Drew and I, of course, are diehard Raiders fans and Giants fans, so of course, we are going to Fanatics com to get all of the latest gear for our teams to be the most represented right now you can click the link in the description below to purchase your favorite teams officially licensed gear now follow us on social media get the latest news on discounts and promos we'll see you there so cody we got some big news that happened um Derek carr signs with the saints uh, this is a four-year deal, $90 million guaranteed, um, and there's a chance that it'll bump up to $150 million. So good move, bad move in your eyes. I mean, overall, what do you think about, about this? Well, two weeks ago, I said that this would be the best landing place for him, and I think it is. Now, some reports have come out recently that the New York Jets obviously were interested in him, and that was Carr's favorite destination, which I think is absolutely right to think of because they had the run game in place. They had a really young offensive line. They had a lot of great receiving weapons. It's in the AFC. Um, So I I think that if he would have been with the Jets, it would have been great. I think what the Jets did wrong is that if they were pursuing Derek Carr, they probably shouldn't have let him know that, Hey, you're not our sec. You're not our first choice. You're kind of our second choice. We're kind of hoping that Aaron Rodgers falls in our lap somehow, some way. And I don't think there's any free agent that have been like, Oh, you know what? That's fine. I'll wait. No. Um, I mean, you have a guy that's willing to devote probably another 10 years. If you, if his you know body lets him to your franchise, if you take care of him, whereas Aaron Rodgers is kind of a year to year basis. So, I mean, that's on the Jets, I think, for blowing that one. But I do think that this is a really good signing for the Saints. I think clearly they get uh, a guy that's recognized in the NFC as probably one of like the top five best quarterbacks right now in the conference. Uh, definitely the best quarterback in his division for sure. And he hasn't even played it down for this team yet. Um, you know, the deal is really team friendly as what you and I were talking about. A lot of the money isn't until like year three and four. Uh, which is basically when a lot of the money kicks in. Uh, and I think it's about market. I mean, it's roughly like 35 ish million per year annually. Like that's kind of like the breakdown of it, which is a little bit less than what he would have been getting with the Raiders, but he was willing to restructure with the Raiders to begin with. And it, I think it's a really team friendly deal to get them under the cap. They can keep some of the players that they want. Yep. I know that they'll probably release a lot of players still like James Winston is one of them. We don't know what's going to happen with Alvin Kamara with the whole legal situation he's under. They mm-hmm. might be able to keep uh, Michael Thomas. Are they a little cap strap come year three of his contract? Derek Carr's contract I'm referring to? Probably, yeah. but I mean, you get two seasons to figure it out and then you yeah. can restructure and turn it into a, a signing bonus, maybe stretch yeah. it to where it's under an annual, like what Tom Brady would do all the time. I, I think this is a really good one for the Saints. Congratulations to Carr. One of the reasons why, well, there's multiple reasons why I love this for the saints, but particularly for Carr is because they play in a dome during home games. You don't have to worry about freezing cold weather on the road very much uh, in December and January when you want to play your best. That was one of the problems with 
in my opinion, that he had with the Raiders is you're going to like Denver, you're going to Kansas, you're going, uh, you know, LA isn't that cold, but you know what I mean? You're going to some, you know, you're going to some places that are seeing some snow during the most uh, pivotal time. And he doesn't play great in cold weather and that's okay to recognize, but it's okay to go into a situation where you're going to play in a dome. Majority of your conference plays in good climate. Even there are some NFC teams that are playing in domes currently that, you know, you can compete with NFC. We've all talked about is a weaker conference. So he has a great chance to thrive and I think he will. So I think this is a great for all sides and we'll see what happens come week one. I'm definitely rooting for him. No doubt. So I want all the success for him and uh, this is great. Yeah, I'll be definitely watching. Um, I'll be watching a lot of. Uh, excuse me. Sorry, I'll be watching a lot of Saints games for sure. Um, you know, I, I I'm with you. I'm rooting for him. And as you had said, I mean, in his contract in year three is there. They might be cap strapped, but they made it to where they could easily get out of the contract by year three. So I think this is a smart move by the Saints. They are, in my opinion, they're in a win-now mode. Um, I, do I think they're going to make it to the Super Bowl this year? No. But I do think that, I mean, at least looking around all the teams right now, now obviously free agency hasn't been um, huge right now, and usually a lot of teams kind of wait until the draft to kind of really get their guys. So we'll see after the draft, after you know everything that happens. And then we can kind of see what each team looks like. But right now, the Saints are going to absolutely run away with this division. Mm -hmm. And I had said this with the Panthers, and I say this about the Saints now because I thought, you know, maybe I think the smartest move would be the Panthers. But I don't think the Saints are in a bad position either. I think this is a good fit. I just worry about the head coach. You know, I I think Dennis Allen, he likes Dennis Allen. It's obvious. But, Mm -hmm. you know, is is Dennis Allen going to be the coach that, that brings saints back to, you know, back to glory um, where they had a lot of success with Sean Payton. I don't believe so, but Hey, maybe I'm wrong because this team is really good. This is a really good team. They have a good offensive line. They have a lot of weapons. Chris Olave looks like a really good uh, receiver. Um, You know, Michael Thomas could be back. Maybe they get rid of him, but Obviously, they didn't really miss him last year. Andy Dalton was doing okay with them. So if Andy Dalton's doing okay with them, I think Derek Carr is going to absolutely thrive. Um, And then they have a really good defense. It does sound like they are going to get rid of some defensive players because of the cap and all that. But eventually, you are going to see um, the specialness of Derek Carr with a good offensive line, with a good defense. This guy... Led, I mean, everyone wants to point out his overall record is like 63 and 82 or something like that. And it's just like, yes, no question. Is his record bad as a quarterback? Yes. But you look at, he's had nothing but 32, 31, 32, 32 Mm -hmm. ranked defenses on his side in his whole career. Never had a top 30 defense. <laughs> I mean, that's the worst thing you could have as a quarterback is none of your defense could even crack the top 30. So that's bad. 
Now you're going to get a defense who could probably crack the top 15. And you're adding um, a good quarterback. And you're going to have these weapons that he knows how to use. He's dealt with all the weapons that he's had in, in Las Vegas slash Oakland. So he's going to do well. I, there's no question in my mind. And this Saints team is going to be something to watch. And I was listening to Colin Cowherd, as I normally do, and he was talking about uh, today how he feels like New Orleans could possibly be, uh, you know, a two or three seed in the NFC. And his co-host, um, Jason McIntyre, was kind of like, oh, my God, I can't believe. And he goes, who? Who are you putting in front of? Mm-hmm. You, you have the 49ers. Yes, I think they're a better team. But he goes, Look at their division. You still have to go through Los Angeles Rams, who supposedly are going to be healthy. You look at uh, the Seattle Seahawks, who just re-signed Geno Smith. He had a great year, and they hit on their their whole draft last year. So they're only going to get better. And then you look at, um, oh, God, I'm blanking on the team. The Arizona Cardinals, who we don't know. They have They have a lot of talent. So. That's a, that's a hard division to try and win, and we're assuming that the Niners are going to win. We don't even know if they're going to, so that's a beat-up division. You know, you look at anyone in the NFC North, I mean, the Lions look like they're going to be better, hopefully, mm-hmm. um, and we'll see about the Vikings. I don't think they're going to be what they were this year. They're not going to win 11. <laughs> they're not going to be 11 or 0 in all close games like they were this year. And then you kind of look at the uh, NFC East. I mean, there's not much. I mean, the Cowboys, maybe the Giants, who knows? It looks like they're going to lose a lot of guys. So there's a lot of turmoil going on. And the Saints are in a very bad division where Tampa looks like they're going to be content with Kyle Trask as their quarterback. Atlanta, we don't know if they're going to go after another quarterback after they just got Riddler. I mean, hopefully they do, but we'll see. Um, And then you look at um, the Panthers. They might get a quarterback or they might stick with Sam Darnold. Who knows? And that could be a disaster. So um, it's going to be really interesting to watch, but I, I I think the Saints team... It's not, I don't think it's crazy at all to say that they could be a two or three seed come playoff time. Um, and I know everyone's like, well, Cars never won a playoff game. Cars never had to, uh, had a defense to be worthwhile in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And to his credit, we had a chance to beat Cincinnati. Oh, well, he threw an interception. Yes, he did. You're correct. You know what? I've also seen Kyler Murray throw a terrible pick. I saw Tom Brady end his Patriot career on a pick. Quarterbacks throw picks. It happens. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean they're trash. Okay. I think Kyler Murray kind of lost confidence, but Tom Brady, I think we'd still say he's pretty darn good. And he just unfortunately ended up retiring now. But no one's going to be on here going, oh, well, Tom Brady was terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, the stats say this. Blah, blah. Be quiet. Like, listen, <laughs> quarterbacks throw picks. It happens. Um, and listen, the Raiders had a chance to beat the Bengals, who that team ended up going to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So obviously it wasn't in the cards for the Raiders to win because the Bengals ended up doing damage throughout the rest of the playoffs. I don't think the Raiders would have been able to do that because um, their defense, mm-hmm. that's why. So everyone wants to throw that out there. But listen, if the Raiders would have moved on, 
it would have stopped there because that defense was terrible. We got we were we were playing really good against that Bengals team, but we saw what the Bengals did throughout the rest of those playoffs and almost beating the Rams. It was it was a sight for sore eyes. That's for sure. Yeah. All right, Cody. Well, um, so because now Derek Carr is on the Saints, what do the Raiders do at quarterback? There's, there's, there was talk about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, there's talk about possibly Lamar Jackson. There's talks about Jimmy Garoppolo. There's talks about, or should they just draft quarterback? What do you think the Raiders are realistically going to do? So here's what's unfortunate. We have Devonte Adams, who is in the prime of his career, not competing for a championship, which I think is unfortunate. Um, the more news comes out, the more we are hearing about the Raiders plans. I know that you mentioned Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't look like the Raiders are even interested in trying to bring him in. I'm fine with that. Actually. I feel like that's a little bit better of a decision than trying to bring him in because at least there's no false hope of trying to win a Super Bowl this season. Cause I don't think that's in the cards. Um, I know that we're now linked to Jimmy Garoppolo, which, okay, fine. But in my opinion, Jimmy Garoppolo and Derek Carr are kind of a wash. I'm not saying that one is better than the other. They're both very good quarterbacks and systems that they are uh, in and understand and can make smart football decisions. I would say maybe Derek Carr is a little bit more of a gunslinger as opposed to Jimmy Garoppolo is a little bit more conservative. There's nothing wrong with that. I would also say though, that that's not a bad quarterback option if I'm the Raiders, but again, what's that going to do? Make us like a 500 team. Maybe Um, I think we should be drafting for the future. I would say, my honest opinion is I think our first round pick should be going towards like an offensive lineman, maybe even a defensive player that we can use to partner with uh, Max Crosby. Uh, Chandler Jones doesn't look like he's the old Jones that we hoped he was going to be. Maybe we get another defensive piece. Maybe we get an offensive lineman, but I would actually go ahead and try to draft a quarterback in this draft. Um, If we don't, get an offensive lineman with seventh. I would try to get, you know, one of the quarterbacks that we've just seen recently on the NFL combine. If we are in the position to draft one of those quarterbacks, I think we do it. We'll be on a quarterback contract. We'll be able to spread money around to maybe some key players. Uh, You get someone in there that's young that we may be able to have for numerous amounts of years. I think that would be a better option than trying to get a veteran quarterback that may or may not get us a wild card bid because there's no guarantee that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to make us that much better. I do think though, if we can build towards the future, get maybe, I know that we're kind of connected to CJ Stroud. I really don't think he's going to fall to seven to us. Uh, I've seen a couple of mock drafts that are uh, Anthony Richardson. That would be really cool. Uh, I just really hope that it's not another situation of Jamarcus Russell, but I don't, doesn't look like it's going to be the case. Uh, regardless of the fact though, I think the Raiders should draft for a quarterback of the future. That way we at least have that position secured. We're no longer in the rumor meal of, are we trading for this quarterback? Are we going to sign this quarterback? What's the quarterback situation? I think if we iron that out, we can build around that and hopefully get some success. But uh, I would think if I'm the Raiders, what I would hope that they do is I would hope that they'd build for the future. Cause clearly we're not in a position to compete for any sort of, conference championship, no Super Bowl, not even a divisional championship in my opinion. So I think we should just start building for the future. This is a tough one because I feel like 
Man, it's tough because some part of me, I, I wouldn't mind Aaron Rodgers. And the reason is, is because he's not the, he's not the overall solution. You know, he's, he's going to be a one year, maybe two years if we're lucky. And I do think that we have a, a still very talented team to do some damage. I, I do. Uh, but at the same time, we also are going to have to draft a lot of defense if that is the case, uh, which we can do. But I, I don't know. I don't know if it would work out like that. Um, so because we need to build the defense, I'm kind of along the lines of, and this is probably going to be really unpopular, but I kind of hope we're, I don't want to say tank, but essentially I kind of hope we do. And the reason I say that is simply this. We had a quarterback of the future. We let him go. I'm not going to go into a whole spiel about it. I think it was the wrong move. Whatever. It's over with. Done. He's he's in New Orleans now. So now we don't don't have um, our quarterback of the future. I think I I would rather not throw more money at another quarterback if we're not going to keep him for a long time. Um, And if that is the case, don't go after Aaron Rodgers. He's like I said, he's going to be one, maybe two years at max. Um, so I don't really want to mess with that at all. I'm not really into Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a really good player. I actually like him a lot more. I think he probably close to to top fifteen. I mean, I don't know how close um, or if he is even in there, but I do think he's at least a, a really good quarterback who should be starting in this league. I, I believe that. But at the same time, again, how how much longer are you going to have with him with all of his injuries that he's had in the past? That's going to be kind of a struggle. So the other thing is, okay, well, you could keep Jarrett Stidham. You could go after Lamar Jackson. Those are two long-term goals, or you could get a quarterback from the draft. I think you should try and really go after Lamar Jackson. Yes, is he going to be a lot of money? Um, you're not really going to be able to sign a lot of defensive uh, players. But at the same time, you're probably going to get some guys who are going to want to play with Lamar Jackson because he is very popular in this league. He is a guy who uh, I think people want to win for and win with. And so I think that would really benefit. You're going to get guys, veterans, who are going to want to give you the league minimum and be willing to um, be willing to to play and and uh you know for minimum money and shoot you might you might get something going so listen i i think that would be the best case scenario i don't think the raiders are going to do that it doesn't sound like they're interested who knows maybe they are i would be willing to give two first round picks for lamar jackson you get a guy who doesn't get the greatest offensive line you still get a pretty decent offensive line but a guy who can also run and he's very accurate as well. I don't think he gets talked about like that enough. So that's a, he's a he's a great quarterback. He's easily top ten quarterback in the NFL. So you're getting a guy who's at the top of his game who can run, and um, you bring him with Devontae Adams. That would be really interesting. Again, I don't think the Raiders are going to go that route. I just that would be my preference. If you're not going to go that route, then I'm all for just re-sign Jarrett Stidham. Don't even think about Jimmy Garoppolo. Re-sign Jarrett Stidham. See what he can do. He looked okay. Not great in this last game, but listen, he's still technically learning. So might as well just let him go. 
and I don't anticipate it being very good. So then you actually could be in the sweepstakes of a Caleb Williams, who I would really want to get. He is a guy who has a tremendous arm. He can run. He is big. He is strong. He is everything you want in a quarterback. He's a great leader. Guys love him. So I think Caleb Williams would be the one I would want to go after. I think C.J. Stroud is really good. I don't think C.J. Stroud is close to uh, the guy that Caleb Williams is. now. Again, that's what I would like to do. Those are the two options I would, because those are long-term goals. Those are long-term solutions. But if I'm just going for this year, then I think Aaron Rodgers is the right move. So there's a lot of things that the Raiders could do, but listen, Aaron Rodgers is going to be too expensive. I'd rather not go that route. Lamar Jackson is going to be expensive, but he's going to be worth it. And then I'm with you. I would like C.J. Stroud. If we could get him, but I think if you're going to draft a quarterback and wait for your quarterback, might as well just wait for trying to get Caleb Williams, in my opinion. But it's easier said than done. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe you can make a trade up to get C.J. Stroud in this draft if you feel like this is your best chance to get a quarterback now. Um, And then, then I could see you sign Jimmy Garoppolo and, you know, if he would be okay being a backup. I don't I don't think so then you'd probably have to re-sign Jarrett Stidham, and then you have C.J. Stroud, uh, which you have two young quarterbacks, which isn't going to be great, and so it's not going to be a great year either way, and so maybe he would be in the sweepstakes of Caleb Williams at that point. Who knows? But I'm more of, I'd rather get Lamar Jackson, who we know what he is, we know what he can do, and we know that he is a tremendous player, and he would get guys to want to play with him, so... That's yeah. where I think the Raiders should go, but realistically, I think if you're playing the long game, you're you're saying, oh, you know, we're being diligent about it. Then just try and be in the in the um, in the run for Caleb Williams. Yeah. All right. Well, I kind of already touched on it. Lamar Jackson gets the franchise tag slapped on him. <laughs> uh, which is, I forgot what it's called. It's like a eh, non exclusive. That's what it is. Non exclusive franchise tag for the Ravens. Basically saying, listen, we're going to franchise tag you, but you can literally go anywhere else if you want. So he is going to be a hot commodity. I have said, I think the Raiders should go after him. Uh, they're, they've kind of, I think, um, either Schefter or Rappaport, I don't remember who, kind of ruled out the Raiders. But listen, I don't think it's ruled out. I don't think that's a, you know, I think that's what they're being told for sure. I'm not saying that they're wrong in their report. But I do really think that the Raiders are going to be at least somewhat interested. I don't know why you wouldn't, but who knows. Mm -hmm. Um, But where do you, I mean, is this the end of Lamar Jackson in Baltimore? Um, well, here's what I'll say. That's a really unfortunate. And you're right. It was Ian Apport that reported that the Raiders aren't interested. And actually there's like four or five other teams that are quarterback needy that reported that they're not interested, which in my opinion, I'm just going to go off on a quick tangent. I think the smear campaign that's essentially happening to Lamar Jackson is what it feels like on social media is egregious. 
I, he's oh, one yeah. of the he's one of the winningest quarterbacks in the NFL since he's re, since he's came in. He hasn't missed the playoffs. Did he miss a playoff game this past season? Yeah, due to injury because he was really the only weapon that the Ravens had, and yeah. he still somehow got them into the wild card. Um, you know, I think I think John Harbaugh's guarantee of you know we'll sign him is starting to look really bad considering you know. I truly believe that Lamar Jackson is worth the guaranteed money that he's asking for. I mean, you have players like, you know, Deshaun Watson that got a fully guaranteed contract you have. And I think Lamar Jackson, in my opinion, I'd want him on my team before uh, Deshaun Watson, because at least I know Lamar Jackson's not going to get into any trouble. And not only that, but he's a very good quarterback winning quarterback. In fact, Deshaun Watson wasn't a winning quarterback when he got signed. Um, There's a plethora of other quarterbacks, in my opinion, that, that are good, but I think Lamar is better. And he, Lamar makes your team better. And the fact that all these so-called teams that are looking for a quarterback are not interested in giving yeah. up two first round picks of potential players that probably won't be on your roster more than likely they would be because you'll invest time into them, but you'll get a franchise quarterback. If I'm not mistaken, every team is a franchise quarterback away from changing around the circumstance. And I think what's happening to Lamar Jackson is completely is completely outrageous and he doesn't deserve it. So I just want to say that first and foremost, I do think though, however, this is the end for Lamar and Baltimore. I think that the fact that they couldn't come to some sort of agreement, here's what I will say that makes Lamar's situation difficult from what I'm understanding. He's his own agent, which is really hard because the Baltimore Ravens could be, could be trying to take advantage of Lamar and Lamar's representing himself. So he is giving the obviously the answer of what he's wanting, but he doesn't have anyone in his corner to fight and advocate for him in the proper, you know, negotiation. I would say it's be, and the reason why I say that is because Lamar has a lot of emotional time invested into being with the team and he's looking to gain it financially. I think it's really hard for him to try to be in that headspace to think clearly, think logically this, that, and the other to try to get a deal done that's where an agent would come in because they aren't going to fall for the, they aren't going to fall for the gaslighting. They aren't going to fall for the narrative that they're trying to push of why they shouldn't pay you. And that's what makes it tough because as they're negotiating it with Lamar, Lamar's probably hearing this, trying to internalize it and not let it get to him. Maybe that's affecting negotiations. We don't know, but I think the fact that it's gone this far, he's now franchise tag, non-exclusive basically means that, if he goes and talks to another team, they offer him a contract. The Ravens have not only the right to match it, and if they decide not to match it and Lamar does sign with another team, that team has to also now agree to give up two first-round picks in general. So one way or the other, the Ravens are either going to keep Lamar or they're going to get two first-round picks for him going out the door, one or the other. So this is a situation that makes it difficult. I think that the relationship that's kind of being displayed right now is clearly one-sided with the Ravens trying to dilute Lamar's um, uh, value, which I think is, is wrong. And I think that is going to cross a line with Lamar and he's not going to want to continue working with the Ravens anymore. I wouldn't be surprised if in the future he now requests a trade to go elsewhere. And now you got to find out if someone's willing to give up a first round pick or whatever they seem value to get Lamar, which I think any team with some brains, for example, if I'm the jets 
and you're willing to give up a first round pick for Aaron Rodgers, if I were you, I'd pick up the phone and call the Ravens. That would be a really great option for them, considering he's mobile. He can throw. He's got an offensive line that can protect him. He's got a plethora of offensive weapons that could help protect him in the sense of like, he can just get rid of the ball rather than relying on his legs. And he's got a defense that can hold leads. Unlike what Baltimore unfortunately did again, Baltimore's issues for that was because they had a lot of injuries on the defensive side. So that's what I would say with Lamar is I don't think that this relationship is going to continue. I think that's their time is over. I kind of blame Baltimore for that in some respects. And again, if I'm the jets, I think that you should be picking up the phone, calling Lamar. Yes, you're flying to California to go talk to Aaron Rodgers, who may want to play one season. May. And we're not even sure if he wants to go to New York, considering he would be following in the footsteps of Brett Favre, who he's already publicly said he doesn't want to follow in his shadow. (laughs) Ironically, he's following in his shadow. I think Lamar is the better answer for the Jets, in my opinion, if that was the route that they, if they truly needed a franchise quarterback to turn things around to be a championship contender, that's who they should be looking towards. So that's what I'll say about the Lamar situation. Um, first of all, I, I agree with you. Um, to start it off, like there, they've been. It's basically basically been a Lamar bashing session, and I'm not here for it. I don't understand it, to be honest. Now, I agree. I think that it's the Ravens who are who are saying these things and putting it out there just to kind of negotiate and get the price down a little bit. Um, I I do think that Baltimore does want Lamar Jackson. I don't think they're that dumb to be like, oh, we don't want him at all. But I do feel like they're like, oh, well, there's been some issues. You know, they're just trying to catch a, a bargain, and by doing that, they're actually disrespecting Lamar Jackson, which is probably not the right move if you're trying to keep Lamar Jackson. So, listen, what it looks like what the Jets are doing, it looks like the Jets are trying to make Zach Wilson work. And why, why I say that is they were going after Aaron Rodgers. That was their first and foremost guy, who a guy is only going to be playing for a year or maybe two. Okay, then you can maybe Zach Wilson learns a little bit more, comes in and plays after that. Uh, Derek Carr, hey, if it doesn't work out, hey, we have Zach Wilson there. He's a veteran quarterback. He can, he'll, he's been willing to teach uh, younger quarterbacks or backup quarterbacks um, before. So Derek Carr would help Zach Wilson in that. So I don't think the Jets are actually going to be in the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes as nuts as that sounds. It just kind of feels like they're trying to make Zach Wilson work, which is such a Jets move. It's like, you just, I mean, I wish other people or other teams would do what the Cardinals did where they were like, Hey, we got Josh Rosen. Oh, we have Josh Rosen. Oh, Kyler Murray is available. Why not just get Kyler Murray? Oh, well, we got a quarterback last year. And? So? (laughs) Yeah. um, I'm not seeing the problem here. Well, we're going to make Rosen mad. Well, Rosen won't be on the team. Just sign (laughs) Kyler Murray. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So, um, you know, I I wish teams would do that. I I wish the Jets would just admit Zach Wilson is not our quarterback. Sorry. We got to let him go. So, I don't know. I just feel like, um, you know, Lamar Jackson, I do think he's done in Baltimore. Um, And um, I I actually think Lamar Jackson will go with Washington, which, Cody, to your credit, you had said this before. 
Um, I didn't think I didn't realize if it were going to be a realistic thing for um, for the commanders to be able to get uh, Lamar Jackson or Lamar Jackson even wanting to go there. But as you look at Washington, they have a good defense. They have a good uh, offensive weapons, offensive line. You know, they have some really decent stuff. Uh, then you add Eric Bieniemy, who's going to be the offensive coordinator. Ron Rivera, who is a notoriously um, well-liked coach by the players. So then you add Lamar Jackson into that, who is a very well-liked player. And he is a guy who works his absolute tail off to um, get better and better each and every year. He is now one of the more accurate quarterbacks in the NFL and oh, by the way, he can run for a first down literally any time he wants to. So for me, Lamar Jackson and Washington Commanders is a good fit. Um, you know, I, I hope he. I kind of wish he would stay in Baltimore just because I really like seeing him in the uh, purple and black there. But um, unfortunately, it doesn't look like it's going to end up being like that. So I do feel like um, I do think that. Um, Jackson is actually going to end up going uh, to Washington. Um, like I said before, Cody, that's kind of what you had said before. And with the Eric Bieniemy signing and everything that Washington has set up, it, it <laughs> looks like it could be a match made in heaven. So it'll be interesting. Did you see All that right. video of, uh, hold on, before you continue, did you see that video of Adam Scheffler on Barstool where he pranked him that he got a text message of Lamar to, to the commanders? Oh yeah, yeah, I did. It yeah. got me all excited because I was checking Twitter, thinking it was real, and it wasn't. As yeah, he played it off really well. Yeah, he played it off really well. All right, Cody, this will be our last one, and uh, then we gotta get going. Um, Aaron Rodgers, he gets to meet with the Jets. Uh, looks like it's gonna be tomorrow, Wednesday. Um, as we're recording this on Tuesday, so Jets are flying over to him uh, to meet up with him and. Uh, We'll see what happens. Um, but do you think Aaron Rodgers will be a Jet, or do you think he's going to end up somewhere else or stay? Well, right now, there's really no other team that's reported to want to try to meet with him right now. And I don't think it's because they don't want Aaron Rodgers on the team. I just think that Aaron Rodgers has kept his options very tight-lipped, very close to the chest. And it's either Green Bay, which I got to be honest, I'm not, it doesn't sound like Green Bay wants Aaron Rodgers back. And Aaron Rodgers really has not made any, any case to why he believes that he'll be back in Green Bay. He's been very sort of uh, wishy-washy about it, if that's the term I can use. But I think he ultimately will end up with the Jets. I think the Jets will overpay. I would not be surprised if they give up a first round pick and another high draft pick uh, in a succession of years to get Aaron Rodgers services, which could potentially only be for like what you'd mentioned in the last conversation we had with Lamar Jackson, only a couple of seasons. And, you know, if the jets want to do that, I think that's a very uh, bold move to do to try to trade essentially your, excuse me, your franchise's uh, future for a 38 year old quarterback who probably doesn't want to play after he, turns a certain age or even the following season. So I think there's a lot of questions. I just, and I know that, <clears throat> sorry, I know that you had mentioned that you believe that he'd be back in green Bay. I just don't know if he will. There's again, no signs to pointing that he'll return to green Bay or even a whisper of it. 
I think Green Bay is kind of done with it. And I think Aaron Rodgers is on his way out. I, I don't know of any team that's rumored to be interested in him uh, other than the Jets. I'm sure there'll probably be a team that comes out of nowhere and, you know, will overpay. But I think, unfortunately, he will end up with the Jets at the, end, at the uh, start of the season. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's such a Jets move to try and get Aaron Rodgers where they ended up getting Brett Favre after Green Bay, which is just so funny. I never even thought of that. So I'm glad you brought that up because I, I was not thinking about that. And uh, it would just be such a Jets move. Um, they'd be like, well, we tried it once. We'll try it again. Um, so, I mean, that would be kind of funny. Um and and I overall I do think that the Jets are going to end up making this work, um, but I I do think there's a really good possibility that Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay. I'm with you. It doesn't sound like Green Bay wants him to stay, but at the same time they don't hold the cards. They it's it's Aaron Rodgers who holds the cards, and I think when they signed him to this deal, they thought he was going to want to be out after this year if it wasn't going well, mm-hmm. and. <laughs> They kind of seem like they're starting to kind of be a little bit regretful about signing that contract. Um, but listen, I think they did the right move in trying to keep him. Um, but I don't think they realized that Jordan Love was going to be ready as much as he was. It didn't seem like he was going to. And then all of a sudden, he looked like he was ready. So, um, you know, it, it'll be interesting. I'm still in the camp of I do think he's going to end up staying with the Packers. I don't know how they would make it work, but I just I have this feeling that I think he's going to stay. Who knows? I could be completely wrong. And, um, you know, he, they could just be like, hey, you can go and look at other teams. But let me tell you, you're going to you're not going to want to leave. So it yeah. could be one of those things. We could be just reading way too much into this that, oh, Packers don't want them. They're probably just saying stuff to, to just be like, yeah, we're confident enough in what we have. Mm-hmm. So which is very possible. Um so that is always one of those things that is kind of in the back of your mind, whether you, what you think if what he'll do. Uh, but I think another dark horse team could be and might be a consideration would be Carolina, Carolina, okay. maybe Tennessee. That would be interesting because as we were talking about, you know, Carolina should go after um, Derek Carr, but Carolina, listen, they're kind of. If you throw Aaron Rodgers in Carolina, as much as I love Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers is the better quarterback in that division now. So mm-hmm. now you got a dogfight between Carolina and New Orleans, who I think are the two best teams in that division at that point. So um, that would be really interesting, you know. And and you know, Aaron Rodgers, whether he wants to, I mean, Carolina is a little bit. Uh, not as cold as Green Bay, so it would be a little nicer. I don't know if he'd want to go to California. I mean, California, good Lord. Um, <laughs> Carolina, excuse me, sorry. <laughs> um, so I don't know if he'd want to go there, but I do think like Tennessee might be, like if we're looking at just like places to live, I think Aaron Rodgers, Tennessee, actually would be a really good fit. Um, mm-hmm. But who knows? I, I you know, I, it'll be really interesting to see. Maybe, maybe the Raiders do for for some reason go after Aaron Rodgers. So who knows? But um, this will be, it'll be really interesting to see what he ends up doing. But um, overall, I think Aaron Rodgers will end up staying. 
Um, but I kind of hope that he does go because I think it'll be more interesting to see what happens if he goes and, and what the Green Bay what Packers do and mm-hmm. and what that other team ends up doing with Aaron Rodgers. So yeah. um, I hope he goes, but I just have a funny feeling he's going to stay. I gotcha. I actually, so as a, as a Raiders fan, I wouldn't be upset if we got Aaron Rodgers. If we did, and I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if that ends up happening just kind of on the 11th hour, the Raiders somehow sneak a deal where they are able to, you know, trade draft picks, maybe even some players to get Aaron Rodgers. And it would make sense. Yeah. It would keep Devonte Adams happy, especially if we're going to have a down year or a semi semi competitive year. Um, you know, if we can still keep our seventh round or our seventh uh, overall pick, maybe we can draft a franchise quarterback have him just sit behind Aaron Rodgers for however long he's going to be there. That'd be ideal. I don't see Aaron Rodgers being any sort of a mentor to the player. If that's what we decided to do, but you know, in my opinion, I don't see green Bay deciding to trade Aaron Rodgers to any sort of NFC team. So it's either an AFC team or green Bay is where he's staying. And I just don't think he's staying in green Bay. So. All right. Well, I think that's it, Cody. Um, I think we've exhausted everything. We were going to talk about the John Moran thing, but I think we can save that for another day because right now there's really no report on what's happening. It's all kind of speculation. So I think we can we can kind of wait to talk about that. But it is a little interesting. And the Lakers just beat the Grizzlies as we were recording this. So mm-hmm. um, on the Pau Gasol uh, jersey retirement. So interesting stuff, man. Yeah, congratulations to Pal Gasol, final yes. champion back in 09 with Kobe. So yes, awesome. very well deserved. Um, he was, it. He wasn't really with the Lakers for a long, long period of time, mm-hmm. but he, when he was, he was such a fan favorite. He still, I mean, Lakers fans still talk about Pal Gasol to yeah. this day, and then especially with uh, when uh, Kobe Bryant, uh, rest in peace, when he uh, when he ended up passing away. Um, Pau Gasol was like in every other video <laughs> with Kobe yeah. Bryant. So, um, you know, you can't, you can't look at Kobe Bryant's, uh, career without looking at Shaq and, and Pau Gasol, who are obviously two of some of the greatest players that Kobe Bryant ever got to play with. And they were great. So, yeah. All right. Well, anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, sorry, we were having a lot of technical we were i was having a lot of technical issues uh so sorry about that if uh you know it comes out on the uh on the pod and it sounds terrible so sorry in advance cody is going to tell me tomorrow he'll be like oh it sounded great or yeah um i'm gonna need you to uh get the hell out of there so you're gonna have to go to starbucks next time and uh so we'll see we'll see their wi-fi may be stronger yeah yeah it's away from this wi-fi cancellation over at the high school so anyway appreciate all you guys joining us and and listening to us we we always appreciate all the love and support that we've gotten another shout out to woodson bourbon whiskey again i appreciate the gift that was really cool uh shout out to charles woodson for signing it that was incredible so yeah i'm gonna definitely hopefully i can get it um you know we just got our house so i'm i should have a a section of the house where i can do drew code so hopefully i'll have the helmet behind me and you'll start seeing that a little bit more and i'll have all my raider stuff and, and whatnot so really looking forward to all that but 
thank you guys again. Um, go subscribe to um, our YouTube channel and our podcasts. Um, also, check out all of our social media sites, which we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok, all that jazz. Um, if you are going to subscribe uh, to the podcast, please rate and review. Um, anything and everything does help, and I do mean anything and everything. One star, five star, whatever it is. Um, and um, also go check out all of our partners, which are on all of those sites. So YouTube, social medias, our website even. Um, even on the description in the uh, podcast, um, you can see that we have all of our partners, which is FNX Fit where you can get 15% off your whole purchase by using our promo code. So please go do that, um, where they sell their workout gear, workout supplements, which are all great. Uh, also go check out SeatGeek, where um, if you sign up and use our um, use our link, you can actually get $20 off of your first purchase um, by just using that link. So definitely encourage you to go do that. You know, I know especially summer coming up and starting the spring is starting to kind of creep up on us and there's going to be a lot more concerts there's going to be a lot more like nba is is still going on going strong and obviously formula one mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh and they're coming they got three races here in the u.s there's one in vegas there is one in uh austin and then uh there's going to be one in miami so great great races coming up they are really expensive <laughs> i'm not going to lie yeah so that's why you should use our link so you can get some some discounts uh to go to one of these races i recommend going to the vegas one that one's probably going to be the most expensive but the vegas track the way they have it set up looks phenomenal yeah. i really want to go i wish because we're actually my wife and i were going to vegas for uh my nephew's 21st birthday and uh so we're getting it ready and i was like i told my wife i was like when when are they doing the vegas race and she's like i don't think it's like until october and i was like dang it we're going in june can we push it back to october and she was like it would probably be a lot worse i was like that's yeah true. that's true so, but anyway um i encourage you to go use that and then obviously to our other partner with fanatics uh fanatics always has deals going on but if you use our link um, you will be help supporting our podcast. So uh, that will be really appreciated. And Fanatics, I mean, everyone uses Fanatics. Don't tell me you don't. Because mm-hmm. even my oldest sister uses Fanatics. And she's like, she's re- she likes like rooting for teams, but she never watches them. So if she's using Fanatics, you guys should definitely be using Fanatics. So oh, yeah. uh, I appreciate all that, guys. Uh, go check out our partners. Like I said, all the links are in all of our descriptions. So, Cody, why don't you finish us off, sir? You got it. Well, before I let us all go, thank you, everybody, for listening. We're on year six of doing this. It all started in my garage as an idea that Drew came up with all these years ago. And here we are still having technical difficulties, which if I edit the (laughs) podcast correctly, you will not notice a thing. So if I'm doing a good job, you'll know because when you hear Drew said, sorry for the technical difficulties, you'll just say, what difficulties? Because I did that. So that's my goal. But anyways... (laughs) For the, I did that. That's me. Yeah. I'm so, him. That's right. So <laughs> we can't thank you guys enough for the last six years. Drew, I still appreciate you asking me to do this all these years ago. Still super fun. Yeah. Even with all the technology blunders that we're still facing. I think it'll get better 
when you get in your own house. I'm not going to say that's not going to help out a lot, but I think I think we'll be a yeah, lot happier. Will. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, well, that, everyone's probably watching Netflix right now. So that's hey, every, everyone's got to catch up with what's going on, right? Yeah. So don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, the YouTube channel, follow us on all of our social medias. Everything that Drew said is listed down below. It's also on our website, drewcodesportstalk.com. Please go and check out all that stuff. All of our partners that you purchase from, it goes to help support our podcast to bring you guys higher quality content, hopefully. And hopefully everyone continues to enjoy it. And you let us do this for another six years, hopefully longer. But, you know, we appreciate you guys for being there with us since day one. Special shout out to the wives for allowing us to do this week in and week out when they give us permission to. You guys are the real MVPs. So we are signing off for now. Congratulations, Drew, on the helmet and on the house. And we will see you guys next week. See ya.